0: Hey, baby, family and friends, welcome back to Weekend Wednesdays, the podcast that brings a weekend worship into your midweek. My name is Min Minsu Kang, and I'm your host for this week's episode. Welcome to season two of Weekend Wednesdays. Uh, I'm so excited that you've chosen to bring us back into your midweek for a, a time of worship together. Uh, This season of Weekend Wednesdays is going to be a little bit different from before. Before I would go to a cafe, uh, a week before, I would prepare basically like a mini sermon, script it out, and sort of read that out while we're recording here. But uh, this season, as we are looking at the book of Ephesians, it's going to be a little bit more informal. Uh, We're taking more of an interview approach, and so we'll be interviewing people from our congregation here at Bayview Glen Church. And their experience around spiritual warfare our sermon series in the book of ephesians is all about the armor of god so we'll be investigating that topic in the format of interviews this week we are going to interview mike and marianne bodding who are missionaries sent by baby glenn to uganda and so uh, we took some time to interview them talk to them about the topic of spiritual warfare and i hope this episode blesses your week well, Mike and Marianne Bodding, thank you so much for joining us today. You are our first guest here on Weekend Wednesday, so we're honored to have you.
1: We are so honored. Thank you for having us.
0: Uh, so for those who weren't able to attend Sunday service or for our listeners who don't attend Baby Glen Church, can you tell us a little bit about yourselves and the ministry you are involved with? So we're Michael and Marianne Bodding,
2: and we work with a ministry called Emanuel International. Uh, We've been serving together with them in Uganda since 2012. And uh, I mean, it's a long story to talk about everything we do, but we do a lot of uh, physical ministries and a lot of discipleship ministries, helping the church to reach their communities physically and spiritually.
1: And missions mobilization.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing on Sunday. And one of the points you made on Sunday that really impacted me uh, is when you mentioned that spiritual warfare looks different in North America as it does in Uganda. Uh, so, in your opinion, how can we be more aware of the unseen battle around us here in North America?
2: I think one of the things we mentioned in the service is that uh, we often say that Satan's strategy in Canada is to convince people he doesn't exist, whereas in, in Uganda and in Africa, his strategy is to try and convince people that he's more powerful. Mm-hmm. So I think the biggest challenge in Canada is that we just don't think about spiritual warfare. We, we attribute everything to physical causes. Obviously, in Uganda, sometimes we over-attribute things to spiritual things. It's somewhere in the middle. But um, just being aware when something happens that there may be a spiritual root, and it doesn't mean you need to be afraid of it, but when we're praying, we can be praying, you know, what's going on here, God, and, and what should we be doing about this, and, and what is God doing about this?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, actually an example comes to my mind from my childhood. I, I was plagued with terrible nightmares my whole childhood, terrible, terrible nightmares, and um, nobody thought that it could be spiritual. We actually attended a family thing, I forget what it was, here at Bayview Glen back in 2011, and uh, they were talking about different practices they do in their families. And and one family mentioned that they always pray and bless their children before they go to bed, Mm -hmm. a blessing and a covering. And uh, we were newly married, so Mike started blessing and covering me before I went to sleep, and my nightmares stopped. Um, so, you know, parents out there dealing with bad dreams, again, um, we, we never knew that could be a spiritual thing, but that was something that opened our eyes here.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so as you know, the main theme of our sermon series is the armor of God. Is there a piece of the armor of God that you resonate the most with when reading Ephesians? I think
2: for me, the part of the armor of God that resonates the most is the belt of truth. Because I think so much of spiritual warfare comes from truth and lies. Mm -hmm. And so much of what we're dealing with is a lie that Satan is speaking into our lives that we have to replace with biblical truth. And so that gets into other things too, the sword of the Spirit, right? What does the Bible say? What does God say? Versus what is the lie?
1: Uh, For me, definitely, the belt of truth holds everything together. Um, There's no other piece that exists without truth. But the way Satan attacks me is my identity. Mm-hmm. So, the helmet of salvation is what really resonates with me because I need to keep reminding myself who I am
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and uh, counter Satan's lies in that way. When it comes to ministry, though, the one that resonates the most is the sword of the spirit because, you know, we want to take control of the spiritual atmosphere and uh, ask God to go before us. And that applies to my son as well, because that's when my mama bear comes out.
0: (laughs) Similarly then, and knowing that the belt of truth is something for you that's, you know, really resonating and the helmet of salvation, uh, what does your life and ministry look like when you have that armor of God on? And what does it look like when it's off?
1: For me, it's more confidence, I think for both of us, eh? And um, more confidence equals less anxiety. And when your body is under less anxiety, then you're more able to deal with things like frustration and delays, more patient. Um, and that's definitely the way Satan tries to, to get me. And I had already mentioned about the nightmares. Um, so when I'm wearing the armor, I have peaceful night sleep. Um, so that makes a big difference in my life that way.
2: I think for me as well, um, where am I ministering out of? And am I ministering out of myself or am I ministering out of my relationship with God? So if I'm being intentional about the armor of God, I'm being intentional with my relationship with God, it's much easier to minister from that place rather than doing things out of my own strength.
0: Here's a little bit of a curveball question. I found that the armor of God can be read very individualistically here in North America. It's this idea that I'm putting on the armor of God to protect myself. Is the same true in Uganda?
1: One day, uh, I was swinging my hoe trying to plant a vegetable garden, and the rains hadn't started yet. And I tried to dig and dig and dig, and it was just bouncing off the ground. And God spoke to me in that moment about Psalm 126, verse 5. Those who sow in tears will reap with shouts of joy. And I realized that our prayers for unreached people groups are like sending rain on dry, parched ground. Mm -hmm. Why I bring this story up is because we don't just do spiritual warfare to protect ourselves. Um, We do spiritual warfare because there are rulers and authorities that have long held these lands and these tribes where the gospel has not yet gone. Um, And and I sincerely believe that as we pray and we wield the sword of the Spirit, and we are opening up the spiritual atmosphere over these lands, and we are pouring rain on these hard hearts so that the seed, when the workers go there, uh, Will be able to get in the ground mm. and then germinate and and reap a harvest. Um, so that's a way that I see um, spiritual warfare as a communal thing, and that is of course something we can do as a church community in joining to pray um, for people groups or for your own community or whatever it is.
0: Mm.
2: One of the things that we learned in our time in Uganda um, is that discipleship in a communal culture is very different from discipleship in an individual culture. Mm -hmm. And we were trying to do what looks like discipleship here in Canada, where it's like one or two or a few people, quiet, in a Bible, contemplative. And we didn't really have a lot of success trying to do discipleship in that way. What we discovered was that in communal, oral cultures, discipleship is large groups and it's loud and it's vibrant. And it didn't look to us like discipleship, but that's what it looked
0: like there. So through this sermon series, we're learning how to put on the armor of God. Uh, So at Bayview, we're sending out daily texts as a way to equip us with the armor of God. But I'm curious to know, what does the process look like for you to put on the armor of God?
1: It needs to be really intentional. Um, and one of the main ways is through intentional prayer. Um, sometimes it is actually in prayer itemizing each each piece of the armor and visualizing, putting it on. Um, but other times like every night when I go to bed now, it's declaring, you know, Jesus is king of this home and Satan has no authority here. Um, so it depends what it's what it's about. Um, but In terms of the content of the prayer, I feel is very important. A few years ago, I did a life-changing study um, called Believing God by Beth Moore, and repeated over and over again through that study was, God is who he says he is. God can do what he says he can do. I am who God says I am. I can do all things through Christ, and God's word is alive and active in me. And I think you can see how that's really related to the armor, because that's really what the armor is about. Who are you in Christ, and who is God, Mm -hmm. and what can he do? Um, So reminding yourself that in prayer, and then reminding yourself that in the word. I mean, Jesus used the word to counteract the lies of the enemy. So, when you read the word, are you just reading it to know the stories or are you reading it to know God, who He is? When you start reading the word with that express intention of, Who are you, God? and help me to believe this about you and to trust this is true and to remember and apply these truths when I face situations where I get scared or. Um, I think that a certain thing can't be done, or you know, when you sense the demonic, which which happens um, to to remember what is true about God and what is true about you.
2: I think as well, one of the challenges of putting on the armor of God is that it's not a one-time thing; it's something you have to continually do, and it's also in some ways a process. Like if you think, for example, of the sword of the spirit, how can you use Scripture if you don't know Scripture? So you have to. You have to keep reading, you have to keep learning, keep memorizing. And so we do, in some ways, get better at using the armor of
0: God as, as
2: we practice and as we use it in our lives.
0: So before we end our interview, do you have any final encouragements or thoughts for our listeners?
2: As we were preparing for this, I think the thought that was on my mind is just that spiritual warfare can be a bit scary sometimes. Um, And so I would say to people in Canada that we need to realize that spiritual warfare is real, and we need to take spiritual warfare seriously because it's real. Um, We shouldn't ignore it or pretend that it doesn't exist. We need to stand in prayer. We need to put on the armor of God. But at the same time, we should never be afraid. Uh, We should always know that God is more powerful than anything else that we are coming up against in the spiritual realms. Because I think in in Africa, the tendency is to fear. And God brings things to our awareness, not so that we can be afraid of them, but so that we can pray for them, so that we can prepare ourselves, we can protect ourselves, and and we can stand in him.
1: And this just comes to mind, but you know, you might feel like, well, why doesn't God just, you know, wipe the enemies out of the way? Like, Why make us go through that difficulty of of doing the battle? But, I mean, if you think of these great battles in the Bible, they made Israel aware of who God was Mm -hmm. and rejoice in him. And, you know, like when they came to to Jericho, Rahab knew who they were. The fear of God was upon them because they'd heard what God had done at the Red Sea and all of these things. So I think... um, Like Mike said, not being afraid, but realizing that God wants to reveal Himself more. He wants us to share in the victory with Him and not just find out in heaven, you know, after we die, like, oh, these are all the things I did for you. But we can proclaim that as we go along and rejoice.
0: Wow. Thank you so much for taking the time and sharing your thoughts. Um, I was definitely impacted by the ways that you've shared uh, your experiences in Uganda. I feel like a lot of times we can just look at North America and even look at scripture from just a North American lens. So thank you for providing just a international, Uganda specific, but just a different perspective on what it looks like to engage in spiritual warfare. And uh, I loved that you, like your answers were just drenched with scripture. So thank you for giving us uh, tools in our belt that we can do and use uh, here in Canada.
1: Thank you so much. We're so happy to have had the chance to do this.
2: Yeah, thank you for involving us. Uh, we often say that as people sent by Bayview Glen, we are part of the global ministry of Bayview Glen. So we love to come back and have an opportunity to speak into what God is doing in the church and to be an encouragement. And we hope as well uh, a spurring on of others' involvement in
0: missions. Before we end, could I ask one of you to pray over our listeners today?
1: Let's pray. Heavenly Father God, we honor you. We lift your name high. God, you can do far more exceeding than we can ask or imagine. And Lord, um, the term spiritual battle is a bit of a misnomer because for you, you're already the victor. It's no match. Um, But Lord, we are invited into it so that you get a greater glory, so that the world knows you more, so that God, in these uh, power clashes that can go on, Lord, that eyes are opened and people see. Wow, yeah, you're real and you love them, and you you are powerful, and you are our rescuer, you are our savior. Thank you, Lord, that um, you care about us to to protect us. Um, Lord, you didn't just leave us when we fell, and um, thank you so much. Lord, I just pray. I pray for awareness. I pray for courage. I pray for discernment for everyone who's listening and wants to grow in this, myself included. Lord, open our eyes more. Help us to be more effective um, for our own individual lives, for our families, our communities, and, Lord, for for nations.